What's up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? I'm sure it's better than me. I'm sure it's better than me. It's good to be back, though. We took a week off after the draft. I decided to make the worst decision of my life and shave off my beard uh, to a Fu Manchu handlebar type of mustache. And let me just tell you, folks, it's not a good look. It is not the best look that I've ever had, and it's a look I will never have again in my life. I then decided to move on from the handlebar mustache to just a mustache, and Therese has roasted me and tore down any bit of confidence that I had left, which wasn't much, and called me fucking Paul Blart, the mall cop. So hopefully you guys are doing better than that. What we're going to talk about today is the draft. Maybe I can, you know, kind of amp up my attitude here a little bit. But I'm feeling down in the dumps. I look like I'm coming from the dumps. I look like a cop waiting on his coffee order. I look like a a baby Andy Reid Halloween costume. It's just, it's not a good look. I'm not feeling good. Teresa has the biggest smirk on his face. And I just look sad. Like a sad baby with a mustache and a hat on at six feet tall, walking around Joplin, Missouri. But it's good to be back. It's good to do the podcast. Glad to be talking football. That is for sure. Trees, how are you, my guy? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Um, I'm sorry for the Paul Blart comment. That was that was below the belt. My Don't apologies. apologize. That it was a good burn. I'm gonna look back when my beard has fully grown back in, hopefully, if and when it does. Uh, and we can laugh at this. We can laugh at this in a month. But right now, I just I have to look at this in the mirror. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You know, so, you, you don't realize how many mirrors are out and about in the <laughs> daily world until you don't want to look at yourself. They're everywhere. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, shit. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, I think you look fine. So. For what it's worth. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, what a, what a start to the show, Trees. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. So, all right, okay, let's get into it. So, as you mentioned, we took a week off after the draft. We really wanted to kind of, like, absorb everything. Everybody else was coming out with their rankings, their grades, and all that. So, we're just like, well, let's give it a week to digest a little bit, and then we'll kind of dive in. We're not going to give grades. Um, maybe it's just me. I don't believe, like, in the grades, like, when, like, Play, like players haven't had a chance to actually be on the field and like prove that they can fit in a scheme or not. Like exactly. obviously, like obviously people like do a lot of research and a lot of things on like, you know, on them doing scouting reports and stuff like that. So they can grade. I, I get why people grade them because like he was player 10 for many fell to player, you know, pick 30. Like mm-hmm. I, I understand that, but I also think there's a lot to go. A lot goes into it to a landing spot and all that. So and giving them an opportunity. So I, I believe in grades like two years down the road. Like, let's see it. Let's see it in, you know, 2023, for example, now. So we're going to just go over like things that we did like and things that we didn't like about landing spots. Um, and then that's it. So no grades here. Um, but yeah, so let's just dive into it. Let's just go. I have an alphabetical. So I'm just going to go alphabetical. We're not going to go by order. Um, okay. So we're going to start off with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so they ended up taking Zayvon Collins with pick 16. Um, they ended up taking Rondell Moore in the second round, which was a great little steal there. Marco Wilson, cornerback out of Florida. They got, um, then they got a couple of DBs in there and with a guy from Cincinnati guy from U- uh, UCF and going and Wiggins, they got Penn state center uh, minute. So, and then they got the Duke defensive end as well. So, I mean, Really, it looks like they handled the defensive side 
very, very largely here. Only nope. one off, only one offensive pick, and that was round two with Rondell Moore, which is such a Cliff Kingsbury type move there. Like, okay, like my other guys that I tried to get in, like Andy Isabella, second round a couple of years ago, isn't doing it. Let me grit Rondell Moore, and we're about to run four wide receivers every single play. <laughs> Absolutely. And like you get Rondell Moore, and it's like, man, do they really need another speedster with, you know, what they have at Christian Kirk and Andy Isabella on roster as well? And now you have AJ Green, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, oh, and uh, DeAndre Hopkins as well as the receivers on your football team. And you go and add another guy in the second round. Plenty of options for Kyler Murray, which is great for him. But uh, the first round pick that they had, Zayvon Collins, a linebacker out of Tulsa, um, is looks like he's already making an impact on what the team's going to do moving forward as Jordan Hicks, uh, I believe he requested a trade or at least was interested in a talk to the team. The team's like, hey, we're going to respect that decision. You know, we will put you in a good spot and a good landing position um, to a team that, you know, would be suitable for you. We'll have you approve it, everything like that, which is, I think, good for the Arizona Cardinals. But that means Zayvon Collins is, is a guy who they're thinking about just having step in as a Mike linebacker uh, right off the jump. And this defense is good. I mean, this is a defense who took Isaiah Simmons last year, the crazy defensive player out of Clemson. These guys are going to be ready to the ball and the addition of J.J. Watt. So they've made a lot of moves on their defense, and they just put the cherry on top here with this draft. So I don't know which of these guys, you know, is an immediate impact aside from Xavier Collins on this team this next season. And I only say that with Collins is because they're looking like he's going to start immediately. Rondell Moore, I mean, he's going to be hopefully a special teams type of guy that, you know, explodes that way. Um, and that's what they're going to love. That's what Cliff Kingsbury was kind of telling the, the owner, too. I mean, one of their draft videos was like, hey, this guy, this guy's fast. Like, he's going to be good. He's going to be a huge special teams player for us. Um, so they have at least a plan in place and they're going after it. So. Yeah, I love it. So, uh, yeah, overall, I, I like it. I thought it I thought it was a good first two rounds. Um, the Zayvon Collins one was interesting because it's like they had a tough time figuring out where to play Isaiah Simmons last year. You almost feel like Collins, he's not as freakish of an athlete as Simmons was, obviously, but you kind of mm-hmm. get that feeling of like, I hope you can find a spot. Obviously, with Jordan Hicks news, like it does sound like he will be set to a real position, um, unlike Higgins or Simmons was. So, Mm -hmm. um, but overall, yeah, I really, really like those picks. So let's move on into the Atlanta Falcons Uh, pick four. They obviously went with Kyle Pitts, highest drafted tight end ever there. Uh, Richie Grant safety in their second round. Uh, I love the Jalen Mayfield pick uh, offensive tackle out of Michigan in the third round. I thought that was very, very good. Uh, They got uh, Darren Hall, uh, Drew Dahlman, uh, Taquan Graham. So those are some uh, cornerback center defensive tackle there um, and a few other picks there. So they did a good job, I thought, of really trying to fix the offense and defense at the same time. They weren't going for, like, let's fix one and not the other. So um, overall, though, I really, really love their top three picks. Uh, obviously, obviously, Kyle Pitts is just going to be a freak at some point. Uh, I was a fan of Richie Grant out of USC or sorry, USCF. So um, really like that pick in the second round. And then Jalen Mayfield, as I already mentioned, I thought that was – honestly, I thought that was kind of a steal to get him in the third round. Oh, absolutely. The offensive tackle out of Michigan, Jalen Mayfield. Uh, to get Richie Grant in the second round I think was awesome for them because, you know, they, they lose Keanu Neal in the offseason uh, in free agency. He goes elsewhere, so bam, there's his replacement. Kyle Pitts is just another weapon on that offense. Um, the guy that I think is just kind of sneaky – 
sneaky steal in this draft in round six was Frank Darby. They got him the third pick in the sixth draft. This is a guy who got better and better every day in Mobile um, at the Senior Bowl, and it really became kind of my Senior Bowl crush type of deal um, because he just flashed. You know, he was making plays, his route running, you know, catching the ball over the middle, being physical. Um, it was something that kind of flashed to me as I was paying attention to all the receivers. Um, and so I think that's going to be a good steal for them kind of later down the road. I'm not expecting anything huge right off the start, but I think this is a guy that, you know, a lot of Atlanta Falcons fans need to like need to know his name and keep an eye on him because he is a guy who could just take off for you. And like you said, with the rest of their draft, not really any other big names that are there, but guys that are going to be able to help you put foundation pieces as you're kind of rebuilding this defense and, you know, the tone of what the Atlanta Falcons are going to be moving forward as Julio Jones are still in trade discussions for them um, as they're in kind of like a cap hell in all reality uh, moving here into the month of June. Uh, next up, the Baltimore Ravens. They finally get that receiver in round one. They get that big ranged guy that Lamar Jackson's going to need in Rashad Bateman. <coughs> then they go ahead and get uh, away the offensive line, or excuse me, the outside linebacker out of Penn State. This is a guy who ran a 4-3-40 as a defensive end edge rusher outside linebacker. This dude can freaking fly. And then they get themselves big country. Mr. Ben Cleveland, the guard out of Georgia. Uh, this is a guy that some people were saying, hey, he's going to break the bench record uh, for the amount of reps that they can do at 225 during the combine. I think he would have done it if they would have actually had it this year. Um, and then they continued to add on their defense and their receiving room, um, as well as taking Ben Mason, the fullback out of Michigan. The Ravens don't miss in the draft, man. Like all these guys I'm expecting to play and make plays for them. Like they're going to be impact guys. And that's just – it's exactly what the Ravens do. Like every defensive player that they have here, I'm just like, fuck. Like <coughs> yeah, they got an outside linebacker. They got a defensive end. Got a, they got two corners. I was like, both these guys got them at good spots in the draft too. Like Sean Wade, guy people are saying is a first rounder last year. It's also the fifth because he sucks. But knowing our luck and the other corners that are there in Baltimore, he's going to learn how to play the position. He's going to get, you know, a great – a great example of what to do on the football field as a corner and talking about Sean Wade and the corners that are there in Baltimore. So I'm excited for him talking a lot here. Sorry, trees, but the Ravens, like I said, they don't miss in the draft. No, they really don't. And um, yeah, you kind of hit on the, the, you know, the top three or four round guys, but um, Tylen Wallace, the wide receiver out of Oklahoma state, I think is going to make a huge, huge impact on this team. I think that with him and Bateman and Sammy Watkins, and then they obviously have uh, Marquise Brown. I think those four wide receivers, all of a sudden you're just like, wow, maybe Lamar Jackson has some weapons finally on that outside. So um, going to be interesting, obviously two of those guys being rookies. So they're going to have to make an impact. Um, Sammy Watkins has to stay healthy. So, I mean, still a lot of risk there from, you know, passing game there, but uh, I'm super excited for Bateman on this on this team, and Wallace. I think is going to be one of those sneaky rookie guys that end up making a yep. difference. So, totally like that. Um, moving on into Buffalo, uh, Greg, uh, Gregory Russo uh, out of Miami was their first round pick. Uh, Carlos Bashman Jr., defensive end out of Wake Forest, who really spiked up a lot of boards um, towards the end of the draft process. Uh, making a huge jump there. And then they got Spencer Brown out of Northern Iowa, Tommy Doel out of uh, Miami of Ohio. And then they got some other defensive guys and then a wide receiver, Marquis Stevenson out of Houston here. So very interesting that their first four picks and all their picks in the top five rounds are all offensive linemen 
and defensive linemen. Front five, front four, like it doesn't matter what side of the ball. They clearly realized that they, one, couldn't get after the pa- the pass, <coughs> the quarterback. Jeez, I was struggling there. Couldn't <laughs> get after the quarterback in, in the playoffs in against Patrick Mahomes. And then, obviously, they were probably saying, hey, Josh Allen probably ran away from too much last year so we need to be able to protect him a little bit more so i love the strategy of being able to basically protect the quarterback and get after the quarterback yeah i mean that's exactly what they did especially on the defensive side of the ball the first two picks like yeah hey we need to get after the quarterback that's something we couldn't do last year like patrick mahomes just got to sit there with a beat up offensive line and throw all over us you get to the super bowl and it's like okay wow that offensive line was trash what was our issue? Like, why couldn't we get there? I was like, well, hey, let's focus on this. You get Gregory Russo, old six, seven defensive end out of Miami. Uh, that fixes a lot of things. I mean, this is a guy people were saying was going to be a top 15 pick when we first started talking about the draft, right? And it, all of a sudden, he just keeps falling down the board, and his teammate, Jalen Phillips, actually gets drafted ahead of him. So the Bills, they get a guy that was rated very highly to start the, the draft discussions when everything was taking place. To get Spencer Brown's kind of a project offensive tackle and Tommy, excuse me, and Tommy Doyle as well. You built your offensive line a couple of years ago in free agency. You and you you bought it, excuse me, I should say. Now you got a draft for it. And these are the guys that are going to help you do it here in the middle rounds as a third and fifth round draft pick. Oh, and then you land Jack Anderson, the kid out of Texas Tech. Uh pretty good dude as well. Uh, in terms of offensive linemen, and to get him in the seventh round, that's a very good spot. This is a very smart offensive lineman. Yes, he is a guard. He's gone through that offensive line masterminds um, uh, training that we, you know, we, we're seeing all over the place with Jeff Schwartz and Manny Mayweather and all those guys. Like they really know what they're talking about. And Jack Anderson was a part of that and training with all of them. So that's a good pickup here for the the Buffalo Bills as a name that slipped. Uh, my original viewing of them when I was looking at their draft class. So I really like what the Buffalo Bills have done and what they've addressed moving into next year in the future of their franchise. Yeah, absolutely. I love that breakdown there. All right, moving down into the Carolina Panthers, who, in my opinion, had, if not the best draft, a lock for top three drafts this year. Um, absolutely love it. Start off, number eight, J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. First defensive player off the board. Love it. Uh, Terrence Marshall, second round, LSU wide receiver. Teaming back up with his old OC at LSU. Love that. We all know if you listen to this ep- this podcast, you know Terrence Marshall was one of my guys. I loved him. Second round, uh, second overall wide receiver for me. Then all of a sudden, third round. Okay, let's protect our quarterback, Brady Christensen out of BYU. And then they go to Ch- Tommy Tremble, get a tight end. Also in the third round. Then fourth round. Oh, what happened with Christian McCaffrey? Oh, he was out last year. Let's make it so like we lost Mike Davis to the Falcons. So we need to be able to recover. Let's get somebody that's just as, I want to say just as dynamic as Christian McCaffrey, but has that speed that Christian McCaffrey does. And you get Chuba Hubbard out of Oklahoma State. Then you get Davon Dixon, defensive tackle in the fifth round, who I thought was going to go in the second round. Then all of a sudden you go, okay, let's get a, let's get a cornerback. Keith Taylor. Keith Taylor also thought was going to go in like that third or fourth round. Drops to the fifth round. Then they get Deontay Brown out of Alabama, offensive guard. That dude looks like Blastoids for Pokemon style, if you haven't seen <laughs> yeah. that. Um, then they and go. there was she- another guy who was a third round like range of where he could go. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, she's Shy Smith out of South Carolina, wide receiver. Good little project, but like he, he can make plays. 
really good playmaker. And then they end up surprising everybody and going with uh, a long snapper in the sixth round, Thomas Fletcher. Right? Um, not sure if you saw that video or not, Austin, but that mm-hmm. video was amazing. Anybody that didn't see it, uh, <clears throat> off, uh, head coach calls calls him and says, hey, you ready to go? You coming, you coming to town? And the kid was like, yeah, well, I'm just trying to figure everything out because like, once you get into that sixth, seventh round, that's when teams start calling guys that they think aren't going to get drafted to be like, Hey, will mm-hmm. you come be an un- unrestricted free agent uh, for us? And so like, he just assumed that that was the conversation. The head coach was trying to be like, Hey, come on. And then the head coach of course was like, no, I just drafted you, bro. <laughs> and, oh my God. and he was just so excited. It was so cool. Like I, that video was like one of my favorite videos of the draft. Um, and then they ended up taking a defensive tackle out of Kentucky, uh, Phil Hoskins um, in the seventh round as well. I think that this team just, loaded up uh, and they didn't care that they took like Derek Brown last year, you know, in the top 10 yep. defensive tackle, they still weren't, we don't care. We'll draft other defensive tackles, the best player available right here. Let's go. So truly love this draft. Yeah. And I mean, if you listen to the podcast, you've heard me say this before the Seattle Seahawks, when they won the, the Super Bowl, like one of their biggest praises from the team and like everyone else is like, man, look at the depth along that defensive line. Some people might not put a lot of thought into that, but if you can send out like, you know, a first four and a second four along your defensive line and you're still getting consistent pressure and stopping the run, that makes a huge difference for your defense. And it makes the secondary's job easier because everything's being rushed, you know what I mean? And they can react to everything quicker as well instead of having a quarterback just standing there waiting to tear them apart because any quarterback in the NFL can do that if you give them time. It's just that's how good the sport is. It's just which guys can do it quickly and put the ball in a spot at that time is what separates quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, I thought the Carolina Panthers absolutely nailed this draft. This is a couple years ago when we started this podcast, you and I were going to keep an eye on the Buffalo Bills. So they're going to be good. Last year, before the season started, it was like the Buffalo Bills are going to win the AFC East. They're going to. Like, it's just it. And I'll just be honest. I think we led the trend on that. I think we started it. Some people just weren't really paying attention, and we just kept pushing it, pushing it, talking to everybody. People kind of started looking. I was like, okay, wow, yeah, look at the Bills. That's the Carolina Panthers now. Like, they might not win it this year. They're going to be very competitive. And then the next year, bam, Sam Donald's fifth-year option. Yeah, they're winning the the NFC South. They're yep. going to beat the Buccaneers. They're going to beat the New Orleans Saints. They're going to beat whoever the other freaking shitty-ass team is there, the Atlanta Falcons. I shouldn't say that because I kind of like their draft as well. We already went over it. But the Carolina Panthers are building something special, and they're yep. not missing, and the culture is fixed. All Sam Donald's got to do is just be a quarterback and not turn the ball over. You learned what not to do in New York. You got weapons. You got time. You got people that are behind you. Go have some fun, man. Just go ball out. I'm excited for the Carolina Panthers. I love their logo. Love the color scheme. I can't wait to. I can't wait to buy some merch because I'm going to. That might be my NFC team here next this next season. There you go. Um, I mean, I called you during what was it? Second round of the draft. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, second day after round. I think it was actually right when round three was ending, and I was like. Panthers are winning this division this year. Um, so I know you said maybe it takes one year. I'm going to just say they do it this year. Um, I think they do it. And then Joe Brady is the number one head coaching candidate in the NFL next year. That's what I'll go with. Man, if you're the Panthers, you got to find a way to keep that guy. I mean, you really do. Like, you got to, I, I think know there's impossible. probably you can't, but like, yeah. Yeah. I think it's impossible. Like, if he does good and the Bears stink. Nagy's out. That's exactly where he goes. He's going to go there with Justin Fields and just tear it up. Yep. Yep. 
And speaking of the Bears and Justin Fields, uh, they are actually up next. So nice little segue there. So first rounder, number 11 overall, Justin Fields. Huge trade up. Trade it up for him. Whoa. Huge. Exactly. So we'll come back to it. Then they get Tevin Jenkins, great offensive tackle prospect at in the second round, which they also then traded up for him. Then take uh, Larry Borum um, from Missouri, another offensive lineman. Let's just protect our protect our guy there. Uh, Khalil Herbert, um, sixth round running back. Uh, if you guys remember, I actually had him as my number five overall running back. So I thought that was a great little signing there. Uh, Daz Newsome out of North Carolina wide receiver. Um, I don't know a ton about him, so I'm not going to speak to that, but like you, you can't get enough weapons. Um, they needed wide receiver help. So if they believe that he's a good fit opposite of like an Allen Robinson, great for them. Uh, Thomas Graham jr. Cornerback at Oregon. Love him. Like he can really, he's, a, he's athletic. So that's, I mean, he's a work in progress, not nothing that's going to be able to start anytime soon, but, um, great special teams guy and all that. So I think that's great. And then uh, uh, Tunga from BYU defensive tackle. So I love that as well. Um, Just getting big up front. So um, going back to Justin Fields though, my goodness, was that one of the best moves that you could possibly do? So just saved your job, Ryan Pace. That's exactly what he did. It for sure did. It absolutely did. So not only is like, this is the difference. So, and I'll talk about it more. There's a team, screw it, I'll just talk about it now. Denver Broncos ruined the next eight years of their franchise by skipping on him. Even yes. if they try, I mean, they're going to trade for Aaron Rodgers probably. Okay, sure. If they trade for Aaron Rodgers, sure, right. The next but, time it goes away. If they don't and they keep in, they keep Drew Locke. They okay. ruined it. Because what, what happens with them is – their team is just good enough to always be winning six games, right? Like six or seven games. They're just good enough to do that where they're never going to have a chance to take a really great quarterback in the draft. Like they're just not, unless they trade an arm and a leg, just like the 49ers did, right? Like that's their only opportunity. You literally had a chance this year to take Justin Fields, our quarterback number two, Mm-hmm. freak athlete like just he's going to make plays like justin fields is going to be fantastic like he just is you have this chance denver and you don't do it now you're going to be stuck in this six or seven win range and not have anything to do with it wonder what the bears were in the same exact boat their talent is just good enough to win enough games that they're never going to have a chance you wonder what they saw somebody a quarterback that should have no business falling out of the top six maybe seven right i have no business doing it fall to 11 they make it happen and they trade up and they go we're not going to be stuck in this purgatory of like average quarterbacks where you just have nothing to like you you have no moves to make you end up with andy dalton's and you end up you know with whoever right like it's just like these average quarterbacks and you have nothing to do drew lock is that a perfect example like Drew Locke is going to make just enough plays to win you some games that you now can't draft a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's my Ted talk. I think that the Broncos really messed up on this. And I think the bears did a fantastic, fantastic job. I mean, I think you're in a, a completely fine spot of saying like, I don't think you're, you're that nuts because it makes sense. If you look at Justin Fields, this is a guy um, who is drafted 11th overall. All right. 
What was this huge determining factor on some of these other quarterbacks that we see that are really good in the NFL right now? Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. I'm not talking about off the field, Deshaun Watson. I'm talking about on the field as an NFL quarterback. The dude makes plays and is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Okay. I think we can all agree on that. Drafted 10 and 12. They are motivated and there's a chip on their shoulder to prove to everybody that you let me fall 10 spots in the draft. Kansas City Chiefs traded up to get him. Matt Nagy was a part of that with the Kansas City Chiefs when they traded up to get Patrick Mahomes. That's probably exactly what I've seen here with Justin Fields. I am not saying Justin Fields is going to be Patrick Mahomes. It's That's not it. Don't take it that way. But it's the fact that a guy is falling this far who has the talent, is fast, has is a winner. I mean, they win games. Patrick Mahomes wasn't a winner in college. I get that, but still... He just needed a year. Everything worked out for Patrick the way that it needed to for him to be who he is. My point is with, with Justin Fields, this guy's always been a winner. Where he goes, he wins. He's going to do that in Chicago. And Chicago's got a, a coach and a GM whose seat is burning hot. It kind of cooled down when you trade up and you get this kid. And he's coming into an offense when you have Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney. Uh, yeah, not some of the biggest names in the world, but guess what? Darnell Mooney had an opportunity for several touchdowns last year. And because he didn't have a quarterback that could get him the ball in the perfect timing on his route, he couldn't score. It was like they overthrew or underthrew him. The guy's wide open, though. Like, I don't know if anyone else has seen that clip. It is nuts how open this guy was so many times last year, and they just missed him. This is the guy who they missed against the Saints in the playoffs when on Nickelodeon special. You hit the throw, you win. I think that's actually the guy who dropped the ball, so excuse me. But it's just like the opportunities have been there, and this is a guy who I think can help. Now, it's nothing huge. It's no big names, but you still have – David Montgomery at running back who figured it out last year and was starting to make plays. You have it at tied in with Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet. You're expecting a big leap from Cole Komet. You're expecting Jimmy Graham to just continue to be Jimmy Graham and make just enough plays to keep you in games and alive in the red zone and a threat to keep this offense moving. But you throw in Justin Fields, a guy who can keep plays alive and keep drives alive with his legs. That's exactly what they're going to need this next year. Oh, and if Aaron Rodgers does continue to force his way out of Green Bay like he is, and the Chicago Bears have Justin Fields at quarterback, they're probably winning that division. Probably not with a very good record, but they're probably winning that division because I think it's just going to, I don't know who else is there. The Minnesota Vikings, where's your defense at? I know we're going to get into that in a little bit. The Detroit Lions, good luck. I don't know what you guys have. I mean, I mean that nicely. The next in line, unless Jordan Love is as good as what the Green Bay Packers think he can be if they're really wanting to move on from Aaron Rodgers and let him just force his way out, it is the Chicago Bears time. And we convinced one of Teresa's buddies when we started this thing to be a Bears fan. Wasn't our best decision. We should have kept him on the Bills. He did choose Chicago. but just Chicago. Here's the thing. You got it right with Justin Fields here. Like, this can be the guy who has that explosive year like we saw with a Deshaun Watson in Houston or a Justin Herbert in uh, Los Angeles with the Chargers. This is yeah. what he could possibly be here in Chicago. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, my buddy, Taylor. And uh, he he was stoked on the Justin Fields <laughs> stuff. So, Love like, we we were actually talking the morning of the draft and I sent him. So we did our office, our graphics, right. Uh, mm -hmm. And I made him one with Justin Fields with Chicago in the morning of the draft day, like, like hours before. And I was like, bro, this is a little Russell Wilson picking the Seattle Seahawks hat 
out yeah. of a random box. Ooh. Yeah, I was just like, here you go. And we're and then we were both were talking, we're like, dude, they'd have to, they're gonna have to trade up. Like they're gonna have to hope that he falls <laughs> and then he trades up. And then the moment like a trade happened, we FaceTime each other. We're like, there's a trade. And because it, it took like a minute or two before they really announced who was actually trading mm-hmm. up at that spot. We we're like, what is it? And then we're just like, it's happening. Oh man, it was awesome. It was super cool. And of course, he's bought all the all the Justin Fields swag already. And I'm just like, has he really? Yeah, he has. And there's some love to hear. So, so super happy for him um, because again, he's, he's been eating at himself a little bit because he had that chance to choose the bills and didn't, and then look what's happened. So um, for sure, but super exciting for all bears fans there. So yep. um, moving on to the Bengals though. Um, so taking Jamar chase, not taking an offensive lineman at pick five. Then they take uh, Jackson Carmen offensive tackle out of Clemson. Then they take your boy, Joseph Asai, out of Texas, out of Texas, a defensive end. They take Cameron uh, Sample out of Tulane and also a defensive end. Then they take Tyler Shelvin, defensive tackle, which I thought was great. Uh, Deontay Smith out of East Carolina, another offensive tackle. And then they took the only, I think the only kicker that was taken, uh, Evan <laughs> McPherson out of Florida. Uh, then they took a center. And then a running back, Chris Evans out of Michigan, which was like a, he didn't get a lot of carries, but like he has that athletic ability to become something if need be. And then Wyatt Hubbard um, out of Kansas state, another defensive end. So clearly we're focused in on trying to get that offensive and defensive line squared away with this draft with also getting their quarterback, his guy back in Jamar chase. Um, I, you know, I would have leaned towards the Penny Sewell, but I also completely understand the Jamar Chase pick. Like, I'm not going to fault them for taking who I thought was the clear-cut wide receiver one. Yeah, I mean, help out your offense where you can. And you have Riley Reef at left tackle. You get a guy in Jackson Carmen in the second round at tackle who, uh, you know, did protect the blind side of uh, Trevor Lawrence in his career at Clemson. So you get a you get another pretty good tackle on the round two, all right? And then you get your edge rushers in round three and four um, and more help along the defensive line in round four as well. And then you finished it off with another tackle. Like, I just – I think this is a good draft from Cincinnati. Like, I don't know what else you could have done to help improve this team. You hit the spots that need it, right? Linebacker, you addressed that last year. Secondary, you addressed that last year in free agency, and you did again this year in free agency as well. And now you continue to add to your offense with the loss of A.J. Green in the receiving room. You added the offensive line to help protect your franchise quarterback. This is a team whose future I'm excited for as well. These guys just got to continue to develop and stay healthy. I know that's a big ask in the NFL and a not-for-long league, but I like where the Cincinnati Bengals are heading. That is for sure. The Cleveland Browns up next. This is a team that didn't have very many holes, and boy, did they plug just the absolute depth out of this team. You take Greg Newsome in the first round, a corner out of Northwestern. Then you take Jeremiah Wosu Koromara, uh, the linebacker safety out of Notre Dame. And then you finished off you know, the first three rounds with Anthony, Anthony Schwartz, the receiver from Auburn who's just an absolute speedster. He is that track speed, but still, you had a guy like this that's this fast to that receiving core. Like, there's just no holes on this team. And then their next couple picks, they, you know, they continue to address their offensive line, a defensive line, their linebacker and safety as well, and then another receiver to end it uh, with Felton out of UCLA, which is another guy we saw in Mobile um, who shined a little bit and was asked to do a multiple stuff, and he excelled at it in Mobile. So the the Cleveland Browns did just what they could in this draft. And this is a team that's going to continue to develop and continue to be good. And 
seriously something to watch out for because in our next episode we're going to be going over the schedule release and the cleveland browns start off strong with a team who has been to -to back-to-back super bowls so it is going to be interesting to see what these young guys that they have added to their defense the last two or three years especially in the secondary they just have to stay healthy like that's been it for cleveland it's like you do have these studs in your secondary they got to stay healthy they got to continue to be there and you added to it with uh, greg newsom and joke the guy out of notre dame like i love this draft for the cleveland browns yeah, I absolutely love this draft as well. Greg Newsom was a guy that I was thinking the Jags might consider at 25. So a fantastic move there. Jeremiah was a We all know this. If you've listened to this podcast, he was my linebacker one defensive player. Number one, and you get him at, in the second round. Uh, it does sound like, you know, the heart condition may have made, been the reason for a slip there, but still, I think it's well worth the risk. You already talked about Anthony Schwartz. That dude is a freak. Uh, James Hudson love that because it's like it's worth the it's worth the risk and knowing that he needs a little bit of work but you have that time there so really really do love this um browns draft i mean it is strictly all about does baker continue to improve from last year and do what he did the second half of the year if so they are going to be favorites to make it to that afc championship game with your Kansas city chiefs, like as long as he stays healthy and improving and can do that with OBJ on the field, because he really improved once OBJ was off. But I don't mm-hmm. think that, I don't think that was because of an OBJ, OBJ problem. I think it was, it just was taking him a little bit longer to get acclimated to that, that offensive scheme. Cause he didn't have an off season, mm-hmm. obviously because of COVID and stuff. So it just took time. So it was, it was just a bad coincidence that like he took off as soon as OBJ went out um, when it was really, I think things just started clicking. So um, yeah, this team is going to be good. I'm super excited. Um, moving on to the Dallas Cowboys, America's team here. Uh, talk about a team that is trying to play with only linebackers. That is their goal. Let's be a defense that only has linebackers here. Uh, Micah, Micah Parsons, um, they took Kelvin jo- uh, Joseph, a cornerback out of Kentucky. Um, let's see, who else did they, they took it? Oh, it was uh, Jabril Cox in the, in the middle of the rounds. They took another yep. linebacker there. Like they ended up taking a, basically going all defense here. Uh, they did take uh, a Stanford wide receiver. Um, when was that? Sorry, I'm looking. Uh, Sorry, round round five, pick 35. Yep. 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 So like all the way then down there, they took an offensive lineman, uh, John Ball out of Marshall, also another project, uh, which they probably have time for with Tyron Smith still around. Um, just defense. They clearly saw that our defense sucked last year. Everybody, that was the reason we didn't win the shitty NFC East last year. Like even with, with Dak getting hurt, we still had a chance to win it and our defense just couldn't do shit. Um, it's one of those things like they trade down from 10 to 12 with the Eagles. They get mm-hmm. Micah Parsons. I didn't feel like that was their biggest need. Um Good athlete. Um, Vanderesh, though, who they have, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option the days after the draft when that was due. So clearly they're ready to move on from him, and they're going to make it a Jalen Smith, Micah Parsons-type duo, which is a freakish, freakish duo there. <laughs> but like, I just don't know because they, they said that Keanu Neal is going to play linebacker, not safety, and then they took Jabril Cox as well. I'm just like – what are you doing with all these linebackers? Like, I don't, I don't understand how this is going to work out. Like, so that for me, that's the biggest thing I love. 
their offensive, their offense is great. Like I didn't think they really needed to add anything. They need to do defense. This is great. I love the Kelvin Joseph pick as well. It's just, to me, it's like, I felt like you just went strong on one position rather than mm-hmm. overall. So yeah. No, I, I totally get it. Micah Parsons. I mean, yeah, that's your Leighton Van Der Esch replacement. If he's injured, right? Like they are not going to go through that again with Sean Lee. That was like, Hey, we got a, we got a linebacker here that, you know, is going to be the leader of this defense. Well, it's, it's kind of hard for him to do that when he's not on the field. So I get them going there in, in round one, but then to go back to a Jabril Cox and then say Keanu Neal is going to play linebacker as well. That's news to me. I just, I'm not exactly sure kind of what they're wanting to go to. Clearly they're wanting to focus on defense. Yes. That was an immediate needed help. Even when Dak was healthy at the beginning of the year and playing, you guys were down by huge deficits because your defense couldn't stop Jack Diddley shit. Now you get help here with having, with adding Kelvin Joseph in the second round as a corner and then more depth to your defense alignment with a guy at a UCLA. I'm not going to try and botch his name. I'm sorry, sir, but I'm just not going to do it to you. Uh, Cause that was another thing that they needed. And before Gerald McCoy got injured, I mean, we were talking about them having probably one of the best defensive lines in the league trees when they had Don Terry Poe as well. And then just everything fell apart for him. Um, yeah, they do. You know, they go heavy on defense. That's great. They're going heavy uh, in the linebacker position. And I'm kind of looking as like, maybe they're just trying to win their division. Like, that's just needs to be step one for them. If you can't win your division, you're not going anywhere. And looking at that division, there's really not any quarterbacks to be scared of. Like, there's just not. Like, you have Dak. Like, that's the quarterback you need to be scared of. The Philadelphia Eagles, they're still trying to figure it out. The New York Giants, Daniel Jones, all you got to do is get pressure to him and he crumbles. You know, he'll stand in the pocket. He'll be there, but he's going to make mistakes. It's just what he's done. And then you look at Washington. Yeah, it's Fitz Magic. You're probably going to drop both games with them because that dude just makes shit happen. And that's it. But the same thing with all these teams is that they they can run the ball when needed. And Dallas is looking at us like, we're not going to lose to the run. You know, beat us with the pass. We'll have Dak handle that. We, our offense can score. It's very powerful. We need to run the ball and eat clock. We can do that with Zeke as well. I think Dallas, you know, they're just kind of looking at us like, we got to win our division first. And these are the necessary steps that they needed to do going linebacker to make sure that position is healthy and there at all times. And you just got a freak at Micah Parsons there in the middle for you. And then you add Kelvin Joseph to go opposite of Mullins, who you took, excuse me, Diggs, who you took last year, um, who was your best corner as a rookie. So good for the Cowboys, I guess. It's just, well, it needs to hit year one, right? Like it has to, or all these guys that you've paid the last couple of years on that offense, it, it's just going to go to a waste because your defense wasn't ready to go. And that's only on the shoulders of Jerry Jones. It truly is. Uh, another team though, that decided to focus on their defense in the draft uh, in round one, the Denver Broncos, they go Pat Sertain, the team that we were talking about earlier, they passed up on Justin Fields. This is a team that we thought was going to go quarterback, was going to trade up for Trey Lance and they might have, if he wouldn't have been taken by the San Francisco 49ers. Denver Broncos are another one of these teams that just don't miss in the draft, boys. They just, they don't. Like, then you go Javante Williams, a running back out of North Carolina in round two. Quinn Miners, the guard slash center out of Wisconsin. Whitewater, the guy who just had his belly hanging out to get himself some attention. And Mobile, and the kid is just awesome. And then you continue to add to your secondary um, and your receiving core as well with Seth Williams out of Auburn. I like what the Denver Broncos are doing. You're you're going to sit here and go, hey, we have the weapons on offense. We need to add to our offensive line. We need to continue to add to our defense and secondary. Um, and we needed to help in the running back room as well as Melvin Gordon is just going to be the guy. He, he can't be the guy. Like He just he hasn't been able to. He really wasn't in San Diego. Is he going to be here as well? And you don't have to worry about it when you got Javante Williams back there with him. I like what the Denver Broncos did. 
Drew Locke needs to take a step forward, though. And if he doesn't, just like Treesh said, this franchise is going to be waiting in the realms for somebody to just help them in late round one, middle of round one, or in round two like they did with Drew Locke. Or if they go trade for Aaron Rodgers, look the fuck out because that's the missing piece. Like, that's ultimately it. You look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady, and you look at the roster, and it's like, man, they just need a quarterback. That's the Denver Broncos right now, too. Like, that's just the truth. Yeah. Um, I mean, kind of going back into my attention, I, I like this draft. I like Sertain. I, I think Williams was a fine pick there. I love – I like Caden Stearns. I like uh, Jamar Johnson. Like, I liked a lot of these players. Jonathan Cooper in the seventh round I thought was a, a good little get right there, defensive end at Ohio State. But, again, to my point is they get these awesome drafts. It's going to just make their team just good enough to win some games. Yep. And – you know, they're just not going to be able to make it happen. I just don't trust Drew Locke is going to get them there. He's going to get into the six wins. And then all of a sudden they're going to be picking, they're going to be picking nine again next year. You know, like I just, ugh. I, I just hate it for Broncos. I don't have any ties to Broncos fans. So I don't know why I say I hate it. I, I hate it for their fans. Like I, I would hope that like fan bases would like understand like what could have happened here. Um, yeah. Just missed as long, unless they get Aaron Rodgers. If they got, if they get Aaron Rodgers, this draft is even that much better <laughs> like it really is oh so, yeah yeah so anyways we'll see there all right moving on to the detroit lions um let's see here so we have penny soul at pick seven awesome video of the lions being stoked they also trade or they also called the falcons i don't know if you saw that video i did yeah so it was they called the vacuum or they called the falcons <laughs> they called the they, vacuums yeah they called the vacuums they called the falcons <laughs> and then um and so then they were like okay let's see what we can do here and then the falcons were like no we're just taking the pick so then they were like okay well we lost it and then all of a sudden they just kept falling 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 they get penny still at pick seven fantastic pick there um from this draft it is clear that they cared about getting big and strong up front on both sides of the ball. Like that's all they cared about there. I think they realized our offensive skill weapons are just not going to be that great this year, no matter what, let's just fill up the rest of the roster next year. We have multiple first rounders, multiple second rounders, like let's make things happen next year. Um, uh, Amon Rod uh, St. Brown though, out of USC, funny because he's like a fourth rounder and usually rookies that are drafted in like the fourth rounder later don't do that well in year one they if they do it usually takes them one year um with that being said still might be their best wide receiver on this roster <laughs> kick them while they're down bro god damn <laughs> um like you said though i like what the lines did you know they added to their the front set right they added to the offensive line to the defensive line they added to the trenches that's what i'm trying to say because that's what you ultimately need and i'm glad they finally went that direction instead of just going after a receiver and just continuing to not protect your quarterback um I like what they have here. The general manager, he has experience with who Jared Goff is as a quarterback, right? That's where he was before with the L.A. Rams before he accepted the job in Detroit with the Lions. Uh, Campbell, I don't know if he's necessarily going to be the guy that, you know, gets to see the success in Detroit, but he's going to be a guy that helps change the culture and put them on the right track. He is going to be the foundation builder that gets them ready for the next guys to come in and complete the house, right? Like that's the hope for Detroit. That's what you want to do when you're building um, a franchise is you got to build the foundation first. 
And that's what they have here in these first like four picks as like, all right, we're going offense, defensive line, defensive line, secondary. We're going to continue to help that. And now it's like, all right, now we can get this receiver. And like Trey said, he's probably the best receiver that they're going to have. And they got him right here in round four. Um, his brother who plays for the Packers in the division as well, isn't that bad of a guy either in terms of receiver in production. Maybe little bro can do the same thing here in Detroit and be the savior for them. Um, and then the Detroit Lions can look at this and be like, hey, we actually don't need to spend first round draft picks on receivers. We can get guys later in the draft and have them be uh, productive. Because, I mean, when you do look at Detroit, you do get a young receiver here. you got DeAndre Swift. You have Trey Hawkinson. Not really sure what else you have outside of that, but you at least have the key pieces that you need to go along with the quarterback that you've traded for. And, oh, you just got him more protection to start the draft. Uh, at pick seven not a sexy draft but it helps out for the future yeah totally agree a lot of people were like oh i love the line jump i'm like i think it was good for what they needed right like mm -hmm. it was good i don't think it was fantastic but i think yep. it was good like it was it was a good first foundation piece again it's the next couple of years when they have multiple first rounders that it's going to be the huge thing so yep. um before we move on, I do since that was pick seven, um, I want to just call it out. We did do a little giveaway during draft night, picks three mm -hmm. through seven. If you predicted the players and the teams correctly, meaning if there was a trade, like you had to predict that there happened to not be. So lucky for the people that didn't try to get <laughs> cute with trades. Um, and we gave away a hundred bucks. And so I want to give a shout out to at Ohio Jaguar on Twitter. Uh, he is the only one. That got this right. So after, after the first four picks, because it was a five pick thing, after four picks, we were down to three people. Um, two of them had predicted that the uh, New England Patriots were going to trade up to seven for Justin Fields. So if that mm -hmm. trade happened, then they would have won and they would have split it. Or if the Lions stayed stayed pat and took Penny Sewell, Ohio Jaguar would have won it. That happened. Super excited, one, because it was a Jaguars fan. That's awesome. And two, that someone actually won. Like, I I really was not wanting anybody to do it. But that Trey Lance pick at pick three ruined half of the people's. Like, literally more than <laughs> half of the people on Mac Jones. So, like, I just text you. I was like, there goes 65% of the predictions after pick one. So, um, anyways, huge shout out. Um, clearly, he knows his stuff. Give him a follow. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that you did nail that. I mean, just here, how about we do this, Trees? A little bit of a just a little bit of a round of applause, sir. Holy smokes. Like, I didn't do it. Trees didn't do it. Look at this guy go. You want some cash money? Shit. Sheesh. Go on, brother. Seriously, though, thanks for participating. Thanks for following us. Thanks for engaging with us. We appreciate it. Um, it was a good time. I actually did enjoy the draft. I know we're still in the middle of this episode, but man, putting those graphics and creating them with Trees, uh, Props to Treese on night one because that dude stayed busy. And then I decided to uh, help out on day two with the remaining picks that we had. And I struggled with day two. I don't know how you survived on day one because that was moving quick. But so we made fast. it happen. We did. Love doing the graphics. I can't wait to do it again next year. And again, thanks, man. Congrats. Appreciate it. All right, moving on. Uh, we'll. I know that we're kind of going a little bit slow, so we might speed up on a few of these picks here. Um, like one of these, like Green Bay. Eric Stokes, cornerback. Good little pick. Uh, uh, Austin and I had a fun little conversation about like about that pick. Austin, who is this guy? And I was like, come on, dude. Um, and then they end up taking Josh Myers, center out of Ohio State, second round. Finally, a wide receiver, Amari Rogers out of Clemson in round three. 
good little slot guy there. And then they end up just filling in some defensive tackles, some more cornerbacks, some more offensive linemen throughout the draft. So um, they did get uh, Kylan Hill seventh round running back out of Mississippi state, which I thought was a sneaky, good little pickup with them losing uh, Jamal Williams. I think that that was a nice little add to that. Just in case of Aaron, um, Aaron Jones goes down or um, Dixon goes down. So, or sorry, Dylan or Dylan goes down. So uh, AJ Dylan. So, um, you know, good little draft. I mean, it felt very much like a Packers draft, like, doesn't get like you feel like you don't completely hit all your needs, but then it ends up being like you end up getting good players. Like end of discussion. It's just it's what the Packers do. Like you're exactly right. Like in Eric Stokes, you got a speedster there at corner. You've been having problems with uh, King, your opposite corner of um, why is his name slipping my mind? This is the best corner on the team. Jair Alexander. Yes, thank you, Jair Alexander. I wanted to switch it up, but I knew that wasn't right. But anyways. Bam, there's your other corner. You love to see it. Josh Myers, you get your center. Uh, you lost you know, your starting center in free agency. And then Amari Rogers is going to be a guy that, you know, elevates this team. This is the Randall Cobb that Aaron Rodgers had um, a couple years ago that he fell in love with, you know, and then they moved on from him in free agency. And so what the Packers have is good. I mean, they've gone 13 to three back to back years, right? So when we look at this, like, oh, they need to work on this. I need to work on that. Actually, they're fine. You're going back to back NFC Championship games. You just got to get to. You just got to get past that game. You got to stop beating yourselves, which is exactly what they've done. Um, especially when the defense is creating turnovers. With Aaron Rodgers wanting to move on, I mean, at some point, if you're the Packers, you traded up for Jordan Love last year. Maybe you just need to bite the bullet and do it and be like, "Yep, all right, we did this decision. This is the bed we made. We need to lay in it." Jordan Love is either going to be the guy or he's not, and if he's not, we're going to go trade up and get the next guy because we're not just going to sit here and wait for someone to fall to us because the rest of the team that you have here is going to be good, and you're probably going to lose guys like Devontae Adams um, and some of your other receivers that you have that have a relationship with Aaron Rodgers and like playing with him as their quarterback so it's interesting green bay packers like tree said it's not you know it's not sexy there's not a lot of there's not really any big names here but these are all probably going to be guys that end up making an impact for them moving forward uh the next team that we have are the houston texans their first pick wasn't until the third round and who do they take quarterback david mills out of stanford uh, this is a guy who's draft stock really started to rise closer to the draft just due to the fact that He's a big body quarterback. He's got a strong arm. He makes the right reads. And I don't know where it was, kind of like where he fell in terms of the draft, because this is the prototypical QB that everybody wants in the Houston, Texas. This might be the one thing that they do right if Deshaun Watson and that stuff gets cleared on the allegations that are present and they do trade and move on from him. You might have a quarterback here in the third round. That's a huge thing to say. But at the same time, you 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 had hits. You know what I mean? You had a need. And the biggest one is quarterback. If Deshaun Watson's not going to be there this next year, get your guy in the third round here. Oh, and who else do they take? My draft crush, the guy I've been begging to go to Kansas City. They take Nico Collins, the 6'4 receiver, runs like a 4'4 out of Michigan. Dude is a straight baller. I can't wait to see what he does. Um, with maybe an actual quarterback in David Mills or Tyrod Taylor, Deshaun Watson, whoever it is that's throwing him the foosball. And then you continue to add to your tight end. Um, you go linebacker, and then you go defensive line, and Garrett Wallow at a TCU inside linebacker, and then Roy Lopez, the defensive tackle out of the University of Arizona. You don't really have a lot to work with here if you're Houston, and I think you just did what you could to get through and add players to just build on for next year because 
a new head coach, a new front office, they did not have much to work with at all. And I think they did just okay with it. You are way nicer than I am. I hate this draft. <laughs> Rip them. Rip them. Um, so basically you were saying that, I don't know. Like you say Watson's basically gone with that pick. Like that's uh-huh. basically what you're saying. You're saying he's gone. And if he's not, you absolutely wasted a pick. Like it's literally a thrown away pick. You know, like if he does come back. So cool. So now you have this Nico Collins, you're, you're super high on him. So like, sure. Like, great. Um, I mm-hmm. don't think that he can be a number one. Um, and like, he basically has to be on this offense. So sure. I mean, it's average there. Uh, Brevin Jordan, He's a great athlete. Let's see what he actually does. Like when he's playing tight end and this offense actually does like that type of style. Um, So I'm actually fine with the Brevin Collins and, or sorry, Brevin Jordan and the Nico Collins picks. Like they're fine. Uh, Garrett Wallow. Don't like him as an inside linebacker. Roy Lopez. uh, Sorry. Roy Lopez is um, I actually don't know tons about him. um, So I don't really want to say something that's inaccurate about him. So I don't really know about him. Again, though, six-round pick, like six- and seven-round picks, you're just hoping maybe make the roster at that point. So, like, you're talking – you waste your third-round pick on a quarterback who, if it ends up being him, like, let's say Watson is gone, Davis Mills isn't starting anyways. Like, you're going to be playing Tyrod, right? So, like, it doesn't even matter anyways. And then Nico Collins, sure, he'll probably be your wide receiver three this year. Brevin Jordan, they actually have low-key, like – find tight ends on that roster like i would be surprised if he plays more than like 20 percent of 25 30 percent of the snaps so like all of a sudden you're literally talking about in your first three picks in in the first five rounds you have one player that might play more than 20 or 30 percent of the snaps yikes (laughs) man make me feel like a douche or you make me feel like a nice guy. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not a douche. I'm yeah, the douche. You, I'm rip the douche him. In this. Rip into him. This is exactly so, what we wanted to. If we didn't want to so, do. Yeah, Here's trees. Bam. I know. It's just. Uh, I just. I just didn't. I just don't like the Davis Mills thing. I just. It doesn't make sense. Like even if you know Watson's going to be gone, just roll with Tyrod Taylor and just be like, okay, let's just like get something else in that third round. Like it just. I don't know. It just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Um, all right, moving on to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Quiddy Pay, pick 21. Fantastic pick. They get another defense. They go back to back defensive ends with the Vanderbilt kid. Also, a really good player. Um, Granson, um, tight end out of SMU. Man, I don't really, I don't really understand the pick because I love like Mo Alley Cox. So, don't really love that. Sean Davis, safety out of Florida. I mean, they needed defensive back to help. So, great. Sam Ellinger in, pound, in round six. I'll let you talk with about that. That one doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Um, and then they go wide receiver and then uh, offensive tackle in round seven. Again, round seven guys you're just hoping can more, more or less be a body in camp. But, you know, and if, if they hit, then they, you know, make their roster. But um, I don't know. Like, the Colts always have good drafts. So I never want to question what they do. I love their GM and Greer and stuff. So like, I don't want to question it, but I do kind of feel like besides Quiddy pay, like I'm kind of like, eh, I don't really know about this draft class. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm right there with you, but it like with Chris Ballard, I'm not, I'm not going to question him. You know I mean? If he goes edge on back to back rounds and picks, 
he hasn't missed on a second-round draft pick yet on the defensive side of the ball, I don't think. So the dude clearly knows what he's looking at. You got Quiddy Pay. That's your replacement of Justin Houston. That is just Justin Houston Jr. right there in Quiddy Pay. It is insane um, how much they are alike. Um, and then you get the kid out of Vanderbilt. Bam, there's your other side of it. Your edge rush is completely fixed right here in your first two draft picks. Oh, and you have Buckner in the middle to eat it up um, in terms of a pass rush as well. I kind of like – that idea of things, and then you just add a tight end uh, for Carson Wentz moving forward, like you said with Sam Ellinger. I think Chris Ballard just has the mindset of I'm going to take a quarterback every year, um, so we always have you know a young, fresh quarterback. And with Ellinger, it's you get to goal line situations, you want to mix things up, or you want to put Sam Ellinger in there. Dude's going to make some stuff happen. I mean, he's a powerful quarterback, um, and he's a guy that I think you know. He's not going to be a starter, right? Like, he's not going to be the franchise quarterback. He's not going to be the future of the Indianapolis Colts. Watch me say this, and he end up somehow magically does it. Um, but this is a guy who, you know, if called upon, can make things happen. But they took Jason e Jacob Easton last year out of Washington, the quarterback who was formerly with the Georgia Bulldogs before Jake Fromm took over. So I think that's just maybe Ballard's mindset. It's like, we're just going to continue to take – we're going to take a quarterback every year in the draft. They can sit on the practice squad. They can sit here. They're going to be involved. But we always want a guy who, you know, could step in and do something if needed, because I don't think Chris Ballard ever wants to lose. And Sam Ellinger, you know, maybe he makes things happen if for whatever reason ever called upon. Um, so it is it is kind of a questionable draft pick for him to land there. But at the same time, I don't like hate it. It's just maybe Chris Ballard's mindset. And like you said it's hard to question him. Like, I don't think he's missed yet. And so I'm not, I'm not going to be the guy that does it. So yeah, Chris Ballard exactly. knows what he's doing. Exactly. And thank you, Ballard. I said Greer cause I was their old GM, but um, yeah, thanks. Ballard. That did so, confuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. My bad. Um, that's uh, old school of me. So, um, so but, next, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm with you. Let's not question it again. What I said at the start of this, let's see these guys on the field first before we do anything like that. So uh, next up the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm not even going to talk. This isn't my team to talk about. Trees, it's all you, bub. Have at it. All right, cool. Uh, number one, obviously, Trevor Lawrence. Um, obviously, like, that wins your draft already, like, as is, like, just like that. Um, then they take Tra uh, Travis Etienne, his former called teammate running back out of Clemson. Questionable, right? Like, I don't love the value of a running back in round one, but it's, like, one of those weird things. Like, if they took him at 33, like, the first pick in round two, like, I would have been fine with it. So then it's just, like – Oh, okay. So then if they just do better pick 33 with a guy, like who cares the order, as long as you get the player. So I love the talent. I love that they need to get faster first round. I kind of don't love it, but there are strong rumors that the bills were going to take him. So he wouldn't have been there at 33. So also I can kind of see that as well. So I, I don't hate a lot. A lot of other people hate that pick a lot more than I do. Then we move on to Tyson Campbell cornerback out of Georgia. That one, I, that was, I was already like, okay. Like there was strong rumors all day too, before the draft started that that was going to be the pick. Um, I don't love it because I thought that they were good in cornerback. Like after taking CJ Henderson, after paying Griffin, they re-signed some of their other guys uh, like Sidney Jones and stuff. I kind of felt like they were set in that position. So I didn't love the value there. Like I really didn't started doing more research and turns out the Ravens, um, ran the most dime packages, defensive dime packages in the NFL last year. And Ravens DC is now the Jaguars defensive coordinator, or sorry, defensive line coach is now the Jaguars defensive coordinator. Um, 
So he's probably planning on doing the same thing. And he probably just didn't feel comfortable with like Herndon and Sidney Jones, like stay one, mm-hmm. staying healthy or anything like that and just needing it. So like, I'm like, okay, then I'm kind of like, am I kind of just talking myself into the pick a little bit? It kind of feels like I am um, freak, like freak athlete, super fast, lengthy guy still needs some work. Um, so, you know, it's fine. Don't really. So obviously love Lawrence. I actually like the ETN pick. Don't really love the Tyson Campbell, but I can talk myself into it. Then you get into Walker Little. This one blew my mind. Just another ACL dude for for bulky. Like just another dude. Um, felt like when healthy, he was obviously fantastic. Like he allowed like four four hurries and like four hundred pass rushes. You know, like he really was fantastic for Stanford when healthy. But the problem is, is he tore his ACL like literally the first game of 2019. So then he missed obviously the rest of 2019. And then he opted out of 2020 because of COVID and because the Pac-12 wasn't going to play anyway. So a lot of players in the Pac-12 just opted out because they're like, well, let me just start getting ready. And then they sign with an agent. And then all of a sudden the Pac-12 is going to play and you can't just unsign with an agent and play. So, um, so now you're talking about a dude that's basically hasn't played for two years. And now he's not going to play this year because Cam Robinson is going to be the left tackle. They franchise tag and they're paying a bunch of money. Like, so now you're talking another year. So now you're talking almost three years without playing. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I, I have a very hard time understanding that pick. Like I just don't, don't understand that one at all. That I think that's the pick that probably hurts the worst. I can see the upside, but like the problem is is bulky, like saw the upside with all the ACL guys in San Francisco and none of them paid out panned out right so like yeah. i just i can't get behind that i just can't get behind it uh andre cisco actually a stud like sucks he, again though another acl guy tore his acl during warm-ups on a freak thing where he ran into his own teammate and tore his acl in warm-ups so that actually honestly sucks but i actually love the talent of this and they needed safety so badly that i really really like this pick uh jay tufula uh, out of USC defensive tackle, love this pick. Like, love this one. Um, super, super excited about that. Jordan Smith, they traded up for Jordan Smith, uh, former Florida Gator, ended up getting kicked out of, uh, was suspended, so then he just transferred. Um, so super athletic dude, super lengthy. Um, they, I love getting another defensive end with them switching to the 3-4. Uh, that gives you the ability to move around Josh Allen and uh, chase on, so I really like that pick. Uh, Luke Farrell, tight end out of Ohio State. Met, like the Brevin Jordan went like five or 10 picks after. I would have just rather had the receiving guy there, obviously, which I'll bring up in a second. There's a reasoning why. I, obviously, they did not take Brevin Jordan. Um, and then they took Jalen Camp, wide receiver out of Georgia Tech, who I didn't even know who this white guy was. Like, I'll, I will be frank on that. Turns out the dude's a fucking beast. Uh, runs like a <laughs> runs like a four five one forty and looks like a beast. I don't know. He looks like Metcalf in a sense. Like just just bulk. Like he is wow. crazy. I, he set the record for most bench presses by a wide receiver. Um, so just super strong. Um, okay. So like like cool. All right. Take take the chance in round seven or round six. Sorry. Um, mm-hmm. Just take it like whatever with me. So overall, I mean, a lot, I wish they, there's a lot of players. I wish they would have taken over the guys they did. Um, you know, like joke, for example, like if they would have taken joke at pick two, one, instead of Tyson Campbell, 
honestly, I probably would say I love this draft class. Like then I would be like, okay, it's worth the Walker little, you know, it's worth yeah. that you know, like yep. it's just going after like multiple risks there. So, well, I mean, even joke, I mean, he went after the pick 13, didn't he? Uh, yes, he did. I'm getting ready to look. Yeah. yeah, yeah he, he went did. pick he 20. Yeah. I mean, why didn't yeah. you just trade it? Like even then trade it instead of taking a Walker little take, take joke there. Yeah. I mean, clearly they feel good with the linebackers with three, four. They're clearly pl- probably planning on playing, you know, chase on miles, Jack and yeah you know, Josh Allen. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not going to defend it though. Like I still think it's super risky. Um, a lot to be desired is what I will say with this draft class. But again, I want to see how it plays out. Like it could, it could work out. It could not. I will say I'm probably leaning on the fence of not right now with most of these things, but when it's all said and done, we have Trevor Lawrence and I think our offense is in really good position. I actually like our offensive line. I like our wide receivers. I like that we added another running back with speed. Like, so I, I think I'm fine with it. Like, you know, like that's a win for me. Um, obviously everybody wants, wants to hear about the Tebow shit from me. Um, so, um, there it is. So like, yeah, everybody's like, why everybody's upset that like, he's like getting this chance that other people didn't. I'm also on the defensive like one it proves like if you know somebody like you get things in this world that if you don't know people like and if people think that Tebow's the first player to ever get a chance on a roster because he knew somebody and nobody else has ever gotten that you're sorely mistaken um that happens all the time Tebow's just very popular in the media um and if like you're saying like these guys in like the sixth or seventh round had a chance or like guys that are free agents like should have got that opportunity. If Tim Tebow's beating you out, like you probably aren't going to make it anyway. So like, let's not really <laughs> yeah. fight for that. Like to me. So, and also I will be on record. This dude doesn't make the roster. Um, I also, I think that urban obviously wants to give a chance has this opera, you know, thing, but like urban will not put his reputation, like of like not being able to win like in because of a friendship, like he would, I truly believe he will take the best 53 roster. And I don't think Tim Tebow is going to be that. Um, but like, sure. Why not? It's an extra body in camp for a little bit. Like it is what it is. Media's media is going to be the media and making a huge deal out of it. Um, a lot of like Jaguars fans that I follow that, like, I feel like are pretty smart people are kind of in the same boat as I am of like, it is what it is. Like he's not going to make the roster. So like, let's just calm it down a bit. Um, Yeah. My thought process with it is like, just have like a media circus focused on so much other stuff than like your rookie quarterback. Like, yeah, if we can bring in Tebow and everyone wants to focus and look at that. Fine. Let Trevor Lawrence continue to just learn and be Trevor Lawrence until he's comfortable and ready. I mean, not necessarily ready for the spotlight, but I mean, learning to play quarterback in the NFL is going to be a tough thing to do. And you don't want the media breathing down your throat, especially with urban Meyer being the head coach too, right? Like this is his first stint in the NFL um, as a head coach. Yeah. Have everyone talk about Tim Tebow, have everyone look over there while we figure stuff out over here. So in a way it's kind of a freaking genius move. If that is the plan, um, I'm happy for you. I'm glad you got your franchise guy. Uh, let's move to a team who does have a franchise guy here in the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes in their draft. Uh, their first pick they didn't have in the first round because they traded for Orlando Brown Jr. Um, and if you guys listen to the podcast through the draft season, you heard me say, hey, what I want the Chiefs to do is go offensive tackle, 
linebacker and then go receiver or another offensive lineman, right? That's kind of, or it was like, Hey, go offensive tackle, go center, then linebacker or receiver. Like those are the order that I want them to go. I said it on the, here on the podcast. I said it, um, I said it here on the podcast and I said it on radio and mic'd up and bam, this is actually exactly what they did. So when these initial picks happened, I was like, God dang it. Like why first round they, they, they pretty much traded that for Orlando Brown Jr. Boom, there's your starting left tackle. Round two, what do you do? You go get a linebacker, Nick Bolton, out of Mizzou, um, who is going to be your future middle linebacker. Like That's pretty much just going to be the guy. All right, so the future at linebacker is him and Willie Gay Jr. Oh, and then in round two, you also take Creed Humphrey, the center out of Oklahoma, who is a large, massive human being and is can be an immediate day one starter. Bam, that's everything I asked for right there for the Chiefs to do. They did it here. Love it. Thank you for listening. And then in round four, they go Joshua Kando, the defensive edge player out of Florida State, was battling a knee injury last year. His tape's kind of lackadaisical. But this is a guy who is going to be a developmental player. He's got guys he's going to play behind like an Alex Okafor, Taco Charlton, um, with the new addition to Reed, with Reed along the defensive line for the Chiefs. Um, Chris Jones is most likely going to be bouncing out to the edge as well. So he's going to get time to develop. He's not going to be asking a lot from him early. These day three picks, though, by the Chiefs, I, I love them more than I think I did the first three picks here that I already discussed. Noah Gray, the tight end out of Duke. Um, hello, Travis Kelsey Jr. That's awesome. This is one of those guys who I just couldn't keep my eyes off of in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. He just, for some reason, was like, why do I keep paying attention to these tight ends? And why does this kid from Duke continue to just flash? It was like one of those weird things. I was like, I'm, I'm tired of like watching this. And it was the same thing with his next picks, Cornell Powell. Um, this is a guy who I just kept seeing, and I was like, man, why am I so like focused on these two guys? And it was just that weird thing to then be like, oh, shit, the Chiefs have drafted them. I was actually keeping a clean, like a close eye on them and paying attention to everything they did, and they got better through the week. And I think these are guys that are going to be, you know, impactful players for the Chiefs later down the road, maybe not immediately, but in the next couple of years, yeah. These are going to be names to know. Oh, and then Trey Smith, who you took in the sixth round. Uh, this was a guy who people were saying was a second-round type of draft pick. You take a reach on him in the six. I don't even know if you call it a reach. You just take this guy in the sixth round. This can be your future guard. This is another massive human being, another addition to the offensive line. Um, and a lot of the issues were just blood clots in his lungs. I believe that has been cleared up. The medical doctor, uh, the chief's medical staff um, cleared it and said, hey, this is, you know, the steps that need to be done and everything. He's going to be fine. Trey Smith hasn't had any issues with it. This could be another one of those steals that the Chiefs get here in the sixth round. In a couple of years, we're all looking at this going, we let this guy fall to the Chiefs, right? It was like kind of what it was for the New England Patriots a couple of years ago. So it's just, I love the draft. It's exactly what I wanted. They nailed it. Can't wait to see what they do this next year. Next up, the Los Angeles Chargers. We need to speed up through this tree. So I saw your message come in. Uh, the Chargers, they nailed their draft as well. They go offensive line with Sean Slater, Asante Samuel. They continue to add there. And then they get Josh Palmer, the receiver out of Tennessee, the tight end Trey McKitty out of Georgia. And then they continue to add in depth, you know, on defense and offense as well. This is another one of these drafts that I think the Chargers hit on. Here's the thing, though. They got to stay healthy. I mean, that's been the Chargers memo or MO for years. It's like, if you can just stay healthy, that's it. Like, stay healthy and you're going to be competitive. They've yet to figure that out. Once they do, though, look out because they have the quarterback. They have the receivers. They just added to the offensive line. Oh, and their defense. Yeah, it's pretty fucking good, too. Thousand percent. Really loved it. Uh, Slater falling to him is fantastic. Um, moving on to the Rams. Rams didn't pick until 25th pick in the second round, uh, and they took Tutu Atlo Atwell out of uh, wide receiver out of Louisville. 
don't understand that pick whatsoever. Um, Ernest Jones, inside linebacker out of South Carolina, fine in the third round. Bobby Brown, defensive tackle, need to shore up some stuff. Then they go a lot of defensive guys. Uh, they did take Jacob Harris, another wide receiver out of UCF, which I don't hate there. So um, overall, though, like it just don't doesn't make a ton of sense of like why you would waste that one pick on Atwell when you have your wide receivers already um, and you've paid them. So it's not like those guys are like ending, right? Like Cooper mm-hmm. cup and, and they love running that 12 formation given they did lose Everest or the, or, um, Gerald Everest. So they might be going back to um, a different formation here, but I don't know. Uh, I, a lot left to de- be desired, I guess um, here. I just don't, I don't love it given they have enough talent on this roster that this team's still going to be good. Absolutely. And let's move to the next one, the Las Vegas Raiders. You talk about a draft that's just confusing. You take Alex Leatherwood in the first round, talk about a reach. Trevin Moreg, you take in the second round. You flop those picks. Everyone's like, wow, hey, good job, Mike Mayock. Well, hey, we can make it happen. You got those two guys. It doesn't matter the order. You landed both of them. Good job. Third round, you take Malcolm Kuntz, the offensive linebacker. God, why do I keep saying offensive linebacker? Outside linebacker out of Buffalo. Um, That's another decent pick. And then the rest of the draft, it's like, what the hell are you doing? You take Divine Diablo out of Virginia Tech and then Tyree uh, Gisby out of Mizzou. That's three safeties so far in this draft with your first one, two, three, four, five picks. You go three for five on safeties. Why? What is going on? And then you go Nate Hobbs, another corner. Then you take like three corners in last year's draft as well. And then you take a center out of Pittsburgh. Like, yeah, you guys should have probably kept going around offensive line with your other two safety picks that you took in around three and four. I know we said we didn't want to sit here and shit on it. I'm not shitting on the players. I'm shitting on what the, the freaking Raiders are doing. It doesn't make exactly. any sense. Totally. Like, I'm with you. And uh, from things that like I've heard, Trace, I don't know if you heard this too, it's just like things like Mike, May- or not Mike, May- John Groom just went rogue and was like, yeah, Alex Leatherwood, that's my guy. <laughs> You're the general manager. Tell him to shut up. Like, exactly. hey, I'm the team. I'm building the team here. Have an input. Don't go turn in the card. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's so frustrating on what the Raiders are doing because it's like, they're so close but they're so far away and they just can't figure it out. And it's like, what can we do to shoot ourselves in the foot? And they rush and roulette it and they shoot themselves in the foot every damn time. It is insane how they do it. I feel bad for Raiders fans. I do because you could have had something special. You got a sexy stadium and your draft looking at it right now is confusing as all hell. Agreed. And I mean, taking three safeties, that's not a good look for Jonathan Abrams. No. (laughs) So, um, that that draft class is actually very interesting. If you go back to that draft class, because they that was the year they had three first rounders. Yes. Um, they took Josh Jacobs. What was Clean and Farrell? Josh Jacobs. No, yeah, it was Clean and Farrell. Clean and Farrell skipped on Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And then you take and then take Abrams and you take Josh Jacobs. Like that looks like like you missed badly. And I like Josh Jacobs, but again, like then you brought in. Um, Kenyon Drake this offseason. Yes. So like, like it just doesn't make sense. So um, it just, it just doesn't, it, it's weird. It's weird. But the Raiders do this. Like, remember they took, um, what was his name? Colton Miller. Is that the kid, the offensive tackle out of mm-hmm. uh, UCLA the year before that? And uh, everybody was like, wow, that's a reach given that one kind of panned out, which is probably why they were willing to take this risk here again on Alex Weatherwood. Anyways, sorry, moving on. 
questionable. You're right. Let's see how it all plays out. The problem is, is three safeties. When you already have a safety, like what are you going to do? Play four or five safeties on, on the field at once? Doesn't we got to cover the chiefs. We got to cover the chiefs. <laughs> exactly. Cool. Watch them run the ball down your throat now. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Moving on to the dolphins. Another team that I really, really love their draft class. Uh, Jalen Waddle at pick six, Jalen Phillips at pick 18, Javon Holland in the second round with the fourth pick there. Uh, uh, Liam Eckenberg left tackle out of Notre Dame and another good one, Hunter long in round three, like, and then they take um, Gerald Dokes, Cincinnati running back. I really, really like this draft class. I think that, I think that this feels like just, a team that knows exactly what they needed, knew exactly what they were going to do. They knew their board was going to follow exactly what they wanted to. Like no panic, like no, nothing. Like, I mean, there's good players, so I don't want to say nothing flashy, but like mm-hmm. nothing like, you know, like, Oh, whoa, look at that. It was just like, Oh yeah, this player's here. It's our pick. Great. Thank you for a great player. Yeah. Like your first five picks are going to be guys that can immediately help you out. Like can be starters, right? Like they're going to be like, all right, Hey, yeah, yeah, we actually have something here. And like Hunter long in round three at tight end. Yeah. Mike Gusecki. Sweet. You got two tight ends now. <laughs> Hell yeah. Roll with it. Uh, we talk about teams are winning the draft pretty damn close at the, uh, the Miami dolphins might've just done that to be honest. Uh, next up the Minnesota Vikings. Let's get into this one, all right? They had several picks here. Christian Dare saw who they take in round one. That's pretty good. Round two, you go Kellen Mond, the quarterback out of Texas A&M. A little iffy. You're really just not thinking Kirk Cousins, the guy who you have a fully guaranteed contract to. Um, Some people are already saying, yeah, Kellen Mond actually might be the future there. If so, awesome. You got him in the second round. Then you go Chas Surratt, the receiver out of – or excuse me, his brother, the linebacker from North Carolina – that's a good pick. That's a need that they definitely needed because it was just things kept falling apart for them in terms of linebacker last year for the Minnesota Vikings. And you go Wyatt Davis, offensive guard. That's a good pick. Patrick Jones out of Pittsburgh. Um, that's a good pick. You take a running back out of Iowa State. Um, Kenny, New, uh, I'm not going to botch that name. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm not going to be that guy that doesn't. Um, and then from here, you continue to add to your defensive line, and then you go offense with the receiver from Iowa, and then Zach Davidson, uh, a local kid for me, actually, here from Central Missouri. He played football right down the street at Webb City, a very uh, proud football program. They won numerous state titles since the 90s. Uh, look them up, Trace, if you haven't. The Webb City Cardinals, they are insane. Uh, but they get this kid, right? Goes to school as a punter. He's a punter and tight end for Central Missouri, the Mules, uh, the jackasses, honestly. Um, but this draft for the Minnesota Vikings here, not a lot of big names, guys that have just kind of fallen to you. Um, and you made the most of it. I like Christian Darisol, though, in round one. From there on, it was just kind of like, and I said Kellen Mond in round two. Excuse me, I apologize. It was round three. That's where they got Kellen Mond. So this draft, I just, could they have done more? I feel like they could have, especially with the amount of picks that you have, the guys that you just randomly selected throughout the draft. I feel like you could have maybe traded yourself into the second round or traded yourself, you know, and to get another receiver. Cause like all you have is Justin Jefferson. What do you have at tight end, right? Like where do you add in terms of a secondary and having a lockdown guy outside of Patrick Peterson, the edge rush that you have, cause you don't have Yannick and Gakwe. You have Daniel Hunter, that's it. What do you have outside of that? Like, that's just, that's where I look at the Minnesota Vikings. I was like, I feel like you could have done more, but what you did do is just, you've just added pieces. What it feels like randomly throughout the draft where it was like best player available. Boom, 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 boom. Like that's kind of what I feel like happened here. 
Yeah, I, I think I might like this draft class a little bit better than you do, like because they have uh, what's his name, uh, Deltzer, um, the, who was their first round pick last year, um, cornerback. Um, oh, so, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. So, yep. 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 So do like that. I'm Make more me of an eat Adam, my words. Make me Adam eat my Thielen words. Guy. No, no, I, I'm I'm not trying to. I'm just saying, like I, I, you know, I like to point you point out things that I miss. I mean, we're talking a lot. We're talking fast. So, you know, Dancler, so Dancler, thank you. Thank you. I, see, I didn't even say his name right. Um, <laughs> I do love the Wyatt Davis pick um, in round three. Really, really love that. Um, Bynum, the cornerback out of California. I do like that as well. Um, we we already talked about Darisal. He's awesome. Um, the biggest thing is going to be the Kellen Mund pick. Um, is, does he turn into something? Does he not? Do you replace him with, you know, like over Cousins? Like that is going to make her very break this draft class so um yeah so it's fine it, it's nothing flashy it's nothing great um but i i mean i can see the upside there so yeah so that's mine for minnesota moving on to the new england patriots uh obviously sat still mac jones falls to him everybody says oh look at how fantastic and smart belichick is he stayed here and he still got his quarterback well i know what maybe people just really didn't want mac jones like <laughs> Maybe that's all it really was. Maybe it was all media talk uh, the, about that number three pick and all of that shit. And like, maybe the teams <laughs> really just don't like him. Like they just didn't like him as much as everybody thought he, they thought he did. So there's that. They trade up for Christian Barrymore, which I love. Ronnie Perkins, defensive end in Oklahoma. I also love that. Um, and then they stuck with some running or some defensive side of the ball for a few picks. Uh, they did take Trey Nixon, UCF wide receiver at the end of the draft that, that I did like. Um, Stevenson, the running back out of Oklahoma, kind of thought that was a wasted pick. I think they have enough running backs in their, on their team right now. I just don't really understand that one. So, I mean, again, it all comes down to Mac Jones, Christian Barrymore, great pick there. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Mac Jones to them in round one, right? Like that's the quarterback that as I'm not going to compare, I'm not going to say he's going to be Tom Brady, but like that Tom Brady S guy, right? He's going to, he's going to make the right read. He's going to make the right throw. He's going to put it on the money. Um, He's going to do exactly what you asked. I think that's what they have in Mac Jones. You just happen to get him in round one. Um, Joshua Bledsoe, the safety that they took in the sixth round, that's a hard-hitting safety. That's, it fits perfectly with what they do. And Ronnie Perkins, the defensive edge that they took from Oklahoma in round three, I think that's a guy that we're going to see here look in a couple of years and be like, how the hell did he fall to them? Um, but that's just how it's going to happen. Uh, let's move to our next team, the New Orleans Saints. They didn't have that many picks, but in round one, they took Peyton Turner. Um, and some Saints fans actually reached out to me because I have a couple of buddies that are Saints fans, and they're just like, what the hell? Like, why? Like, they, there's other needs that they could have gone for. And I was like, hey, you lost Trey Hendrickson, right? Like, you you lost him. That's the guy that was opposite um, of your other edge rusher who's pretty good. Uh, Trees, why don't you hit his name up for me since it's slipping my mind. Cameron? Jordan. Thank you. Wow, I don't know why. But, like, boom, here's the guy opposite of him. Uh, and then you get Pete Warner, you get a linebacker, then you go corner, then you take Ian Book at quarterback. That's a laugh. Um, but other than that, this is just another one of these drafts by the Saints where it's like no, no big names. It's nothing that sexy, but they end up coming in and being productive and being key contributors to this team, and people are just fine with them moving forward. It yeah. might be different when you don't have Drew Brees at quarterback, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. So actually day two, I was actually on a live show um, on YouTube and stuff. And I was with Dylan Sanders. I was with Brandon um, Olson. I was with Ross um, Jackson and it was a lot of fun. Like it was fun. And they're obviously big New Orleans Saints guys. And so like, 
hearing their their take on Peyton Turner, and then the, I was there like when Pete Warner and Paulson Diab uh, Adibo uh, got picked. Um, I signed off literally right before, like no, it wasn't right before, but um, I did. I wish I was online when they took the Ian Book one, but I was there for the Pete Warner and Adibo one, and it was fun to hear their takes of like oh like they could understand why, but it, it was kind of like a. Uh, they all liked other players more, um, but it was fun to like see like another fan base and like the way that their brain worked, except especially one that likes has had success like the Saints have, but uh, like actually yep. had winning rosters, completely different than like my my team that's like always losing. So it, it's fun to like see how all that works out. Um, yep. Anyways, moving on to the Giants. Also speaking of Brandon Olson, a big Giants fan, also huge Gators guy, and so they end up taking Kadarius Tony at pick twenty. Um, they took, they take Aziz, uh, Ajore, um, out of Georgia. Ojolari. Yep. Aziz Ojolari. Sorry. Ojolari. Sorry. Um, out of Georgia, which a lot of people thought was going to be in the first round. So awesome pick there. Aaron Robinson. I actually like Aaron Robinson. So getting him in the third round is great. Um, and then they actually didn't have that many more picks after that. They took another Oklahoma state cornerback. They took uh Brightwell, the Arizona running back, um, and so Elfin, linebacker. Uh, yep. Ellerson Smith out of yep. Northern Iowa. Yep. 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 So, um, not a lot of picks for this roster. Obviously it's going to be come down to Tony. Uh, they end up trading down with the bears. Um, and so interesting that they took Kadarius Tony. Um, I can see th- why, um, very talented guy, but like, to me, it was just like wide receiver wasn't the biggest need. Um, and we kind of talked about this. He didn't make our top five wide receivers. Um, mm-hmm. and it was strictly because of, you know, like the route running and all that type of stuff. I think he's going to make good plays. I think he's going to be a fine NFL guy. Again, though, like there's a lot of mouths to feed on that offense that I just don't know if he's going to put up the stats that like people are going to be expecting. Yeah, I like the first three picks here by the New York Giants. Actually, I do like Darius Tony falling to them. You have, you know, your bigger body speed receivers or bigger bodied receiver possession receivers um, with Slayton. And then, you know, you have your tight end in Ingram, who is just famous for dropping key catches. Uh, and then you have your running back in Barkley. And it's like you're missing that speedster, right? That guy that you can use in gadget situations on end arounds to make big plays. And you got him right here in round one. It's also going to be a special teams guy that you've been kind of missing out on as well. Um, an explosive player. I'm glad they had him. Uh, let's move to the other team in New York, though, the Jets. They are looking at the new face of the franchise in Zach Wilson. And then in round one, they took Elijah Vera Tucker, the guard at a USC. Um, so that left side of the offensive line is fixed for them, right? They're they're fine there. And then they went and added Elijah Moore and Michael Carter, receiver running back. And I was like, okay, hey, let's go to defense. And then their next four, five, six picks were all defense. They also took three safeties, two corners, and a defensive tackle. Um these are guys who, you know, in the later rounds here in terms of the secondary fifth, sixth rounders, um, they're going to be guys who are going to be developmental players, but that's fine because that's Robert Sala. You know, look at what he did with the San Francisco 49ers. People are looking at that defense like, man, these guys got nobody. They're not going to be it. And, you know, Sala could be looking at this and be like, hey, these are the prototype players I need. You find them in this type of, you know, range and skill and size and length and everything that I want from these positions – I'll make it work from there. And that's what it feels like what they did here. And Joe Douglas was like, all right, I'm going to address the offense. And then we're going to go crazy on defense the rest of the draft. And so you got your quarterback, you have your offensive lineman, you have another receiver and you have another running back. I like Elijah Moore uh, at this spot in the draft. You know, you got him in the second pick in round two. 
this is a guy who um, was roommates with A.J. Brown at Ole Miss, and uh, he's actually been living with A.J. Brown. And there was a clip, Trees, I don't know if you saw it, of them two having a moment after Elijah Moore was drafted. Um, and it was a very emotional moment. And A.J. Brown's just like, dude, you're special. Like, you're going to be better than me. You are better than me. And it's so, like you hear that as a Jets fan, and you got Elijah Moore right there as a guy who, you know, is hearing it firsthand from A.J. Brown is like, you're special. There's something about you that's special, and you're better than me. That's why, you know, that's, you know, that's why I let you move in. That's why I let you work out. That's why. And then I look up to you like, dude, that's you say that to special people. You don't just say that to anybody. And especially moments like that, you mean it. The Jets have something special there with Elijah Moore, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about what the Jets are doing moving forward. And you have the key pieces here. I like what Joe Douglas is building. He's done a fantastic job. You hit on Denzel Mims last year. There's your big possession receiver. We talk about, you know, your receiving corps. You want it to be like a basketball team. Bam, here's Elijah Moore. There's your shooting guard right there. Love it. I'm so happy for them. Oh, and Corey Davis, who they picked up in free agency. The Jets, not saying a ton of wins. That's not what I'm saying. But the future is looking better than what it did when Adam Gase was your head coach. I can honestly say that. 100%. Uh, moving on to the Eagles. You traded up for Devontae Smith. Great little pickup there. Get another weapon. Um, I didn't actually mean little, but he is little, so that actually played out nicely. Um, <laughs> nice. Landon Dickerson, Alabama center. Great pick there. Uh, Milton Williams out of Louisiana Tech. Defensive tackle, helping yourself out there. Then they go after McPherson, Texas Tech cornerback. Uh, Gainwell, Memphis running back, surprisingly falls that far. And then they kind of load up on the defense the rest of the way. So I'll just stick with the first couple picks. Uh, I mean, you needed another weapon. You got one uh, teaming him back up with Ertz. Um, so that's, that's great. Landon Dickerson uh, probably will be able to sit one year after coming off of that ACL. So that might be really good and be able to learn behind um, Kelsey, which is great. And then Milton Williams going to be able to learn from um, Fletcher Cox. So honestly, these guys are, we talked about this last episode about like how they, all their old guys are getting, you know, they're obviously getting older and they're going to need to replace them. I felt like they actually got some guys that could replace them and uh, step in huge for 2022 season. Yeah. I mean, you talk about that same here with the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? I mean, this podcast is going to take forever. This is a long one. Um, Najee Harris, you take a running back in round one, boom, there's James Connors replacement. There's a running back that you haven't had since Le'Veon Bell and he's going to be even better. Oh, and then you take Pat Faramuth, the baby Gronk out of Penn State. You replaced the, uh, the Pouncy twin who was just a lock at center for you with Kendrick Green out of Illinois. And then you replaced Andrew Villanueva. Uh, yeah, actually, I've been saying Villanova for so long. I, I shocked myself that I said Villanueva. Look at me go. <laughs> Props, brother. Um, and then you replace him with Dan Moore Jr., the tackle out of Texas A&M. Like, you hit the spots that you needed. You continue to build this team. The Pittsburgh Steelers are another one of these franchises that just don't really seem to miss in the draft, honestly. And especially when you hit these first four picks like you did to going to help the offensive line, you added another weapon on offense, and then you have Najee Harris at running back. Like, I like what they did. This is a great This is a great start of the draft for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Trish, let's move on next with the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, cool. Uh, Dwayne Eskridge for the Seattle Seahawks. Their first, great, cool. You guys just got Tyler Lockett. Congratulations. Um, Trey Brown, cornerback out of Oklahoma. Meh, it's fine. There's a reason why he was in there round four. That's kind of the type of player I saw him. And then uh, Stone uh, Forsyth out of Florida, offensive tackle in round six. A little surprising that he was there. Honestly, that's probably their best pick. They only had three picks in this draft. That was probably their best one because of the upside that he has in a year or two when he could actually play. 
Golly. Next up to San Francisco 49ers. They take the right quarterback at Trey Lance. I love the start of that draft for them. Eric Banks, you get a guard. Then you take Trey Sermon, the Ohio State running back, who had a couple big games uh, for them. If this is a guy who can stay healthy, I like this for him, right? It changes kind of what they normally do at running back. This is a pound the rock type of kid. Um, Here's the thing. He's got to stay healthy. Broke stays broke. He was injured in college from Oklahoma to Ohio State. He did have the big games, big performances, but he's got to stay healthy. That's it. And then they continue to add to their defense and offensive line through the draft. And then they took another running back in Elijah Mitchell out of Louisiana to end their draft class in the sixth round. Um, not a sexy draft class, but you do have your quarterback of the future. And that offense already had weapons. The offensive line was pretty much already taken care of. And your defense, you're – you pretty much had the replacement for Robert Sala in line with D'Amico Ryans, who I believe is the next defensive coordinator for them, who was a former linebacker in the NFL. San Francisco 49ers got better. I mean, honestly, they did. Jimmy Garoppolo is not your quarterback, and Trey Lance is. You're doing something right. thousand percent, and I love the Trey Sermon pick. Everybody knows here on this podcast. He was my running back, too, so absolutely love it. Uh, moving on to the Super Bowl champs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh Joe Tyrone, uh, linebacker out of Washington. Good little pick there. Kyle Trask out of Florida. This was fun. I got to poke fun at uh, at Brandon online uh, when I was on YouTube with him uh, when that when this got picked picked because I was just like, don't they already have this in Blaine Gabbert? Like, isn't he the same guy there? <laughs> um, so, and then uh, you know, just kind of loading up on just talent we've talked about this team before like they literally bring back every single starter. So everything that they need or everything that they're drafting was going to be strictly backups in this year. Like, yep. so honestly, there's nothing you could say, like they, they did wrong in this draft class because none of them have to make a huge difference this year. None of them yeah. have to. That's the scary part of winning the Super Bowl, and you bring back all 22 starters. Good for them, though. I mean, the future is bright, and it's crazy how a quarterback just changed all that for him. The Tennessee Titans, Trees left to say it best. Let it rip, tater chip. Fuck the Titans. There it is. They take Caleb Farley, the corner out of Virginia Tech. Uh, kid is a stud, and they take uh, Dylan Ro- uh, Ruindus. Ah, I say that for me. Ray Duns. Ray Duns. Ray Duns. Dur, dur, dur. The offensive tackle out of North Dakota State, another good pick. And then they take Monty Rice, the inside linebacker out of Georgia. Um, and then they continue to add on their defense and receiving room as well. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, they're building something on the defensive side of the ball. They lost a lot of guys in free agency here. Um and they're ready to go. You know, they, they, this is what they needed to do. It's what they've done. Now they just need to hit on it and that's it. Yeah. I, I actually like this class. Uh, Rashad Weaver in the fourth round from Pittsburgh, literally the next day ends up getting uh, charged with like sexual assault. Um, yeah. So, so that, Not that's good. a tough one. That's a tough Des one. Des Fitzpatrick though, the receiver, the receiver that they got in their first pick in the fourth round, keep an eye on that name right there. Agreed. Des Fitzpatrick. Agreed. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Um, okay, cool. And we will go to the last team and that is the Washington football team. Uh, Jamin Davis out of Kentucky linebacker, pretty good little pick. Samuel Cosme love that pick in the second round. Uh, Benjamin say uh, juiced out of Minnesota cornerback. Uh, good there. Yami Brown in the third round wide receiver out of North Carolina. Love that John Bates tight end in the fourth round. You and I talked about him. I thought that he was going to be a perfect fit for Kansas city. Turns out Washington thought a perfect fit in them. Um, and then they kind of just loaded up on defense the rest of the way. So, um, oh, they did take uh, Dax Millen um, from BYU in the seventh round. But um, Diami Brown for me is the still of like that third round. Um, 
such a good get there. And then Samuel Cosme, oh, yeah. uh, offensive tackle is also just a fantastic get there. So I actually really liked what uh, Washington did. Yeah, I thought they nailed this draft class, especially with trying to redo everything um, and rebuild that as well. Still question a quarterback on what they're going to do, but hey, you got to put the pieces around the guy first before you just throw someone in there. So um, a good draft. It was fun to go over it. Episode took forever, but Tree sent us out of here. Yeah, it was, uh, but we'll get this out. And then we're actually going to do another podcast on the schedule coming up very shortly. So uh, we appreciate y'all. Hope you guys enjoyed your draft. And tonight we've been talking football.